You're listening to a message from Christian Life Ministries in Coventry, a dynamic, growing church in the heart of the nation. We pray that God will speak to you through this word and impact your life for His glory. Well, Mark and the band, thank you so much. And, you know, I just want to begin by extending my warmest of welcomes to any of you who are joining CLM online for the first time or new among us and especially to any students, whether at Cov Uni, Warwick Uni, Nexus, who are trying to find a home here in Coventry and are checking us out. Well, welcome to you. We know these are such unusual times to find a new church base, but we know our team will do the absolute best to welcome you and integrate you. And so do get involved, do connect and welcome to you if that's relevant to you. Uh, Also, want to say thank you to the many of you that have in the last two weeks been involved in one-to-one conversations and interactions and our small group conversations around racial justice, engaging with the task force. Thank you and so encouraged to hear from the team and the facilitators of such maturity and grace and openness and such constructive and helpful conversations. Thank you for being involved and we continue to dialogue and to pray and to work and we'll be working balance of year uh, with the task force as we look at these issues and make a plan going forward. We know some of you in the small groups and in the questionnaire have requested us to teach into this whole subject, vast array of subjects around racial justice and we'll certainly look to do something early in the new year that hopefully will be helpful in this important area. Obviously we're aware as I'm sure we all are that it is Black History Month historically in the UK over the last several years. This has been a month to celebrate the achievement of black people, but so good I think that this month is continuing to help to educate and to speak into some of the history and this wider issue. So let's stay alert, let's uh, continue to pray. Many of you also this week will have seen an email from us if you're on a database confirming that we've recently had to take the decision to cease uh, trading our trading subsidiary as a conference centre due to the lack of business for the foreseeable future. And it's been an an almost inevitable decision for us to take. We've made it nonetheless prayerfully and uh, as uh, our trading subsidiary board has made that decision in the full sight of elders and the CLM board. And uh, we're doing that partly at this time so we can financially be honourable with uh, some people are having to be made redundant. And uh, we're also trying to help them practically and professionally, those that are seeking to find other work. And we, we pray for them and ask you to pray for them as we also pray for many different people who have had to face and continue to face changes in work at this time and we know that God is able he is the great door opener and sometimes one door closes and another door opens and we're praying for all of these people that although unexpected to them maybe to you that the Lord would lead you into incredible new chapters he would do new things among you and you would be amazed and that's our prayer we continue to stand with you Well, in about five weeks time, it will be this year's Vision Sunday. And if you are new among us, over the last few years, we've taken some time in the autumn to celebrate what God has done among us looking back in the past 12 months and also to look forward and to see what we sense God calling us to as a church and having the opportunity also to pray, Lord, what do you want us to do and give and sow and to make pledges into a special offering to facilitate uh, the coming forth of that vision. And in the last four years, it's been incredible to see a 1.8 million pound debt almost paid off at this point in time, largely through those vision offerings, which has helped us so much 
to move forward. This year, we're going to have Pastor Dominic Yeo with us uh, from Singapore, joining for our, our service, albeit he'll be in Singapore, but he'll be among us. And it'll be so good to have that connection with him once again. Of course, this year is so different for all of us. And every person has been impacted by, by lockdown and by COVID. And we're aware of that. And it could be so easy for us to batten down the hatches and, and say, look, we just need to uh, get through this and to go into a bunker mentality. But as we've come out of the summer, prayerfully, we sense the Lord saying, I am not on pause. The church is not on pause and I want to work through you. And uh, today and the next four weeks, we're going to be speaking a little bit into what we sense the Lord saying and preparing us for our Vision Sunday. And today, if you want a title, it is this, The Miracle Through Our Hands. The Miracle Through Our Hands. And I'd like you to come with me, if you would, to Luke 9, uh, uh, verses 1 to 6 and then 10 to 17. And we'll be unpacking some of these messages in life groups this week. You know, God is always looking for a people through whom he can work a miracle, through whom he can pour out his love and pour out his grace. He is God Almighty. He does not need us, and yet he has ordained it that he would use us and choose us. He has always looked for a people. The Bible shows this. Church history shows this. To bring his redemptive plan on earth, he uses his people. He uses the church. This is what Luke chapter 9 says. When Jesus had called the 12 together, he gave them power and authority to drive out demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal those who were ill. He told them, take nothing for the journey, no staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra shirt. Whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that town. If people do not welcome you, leave their town and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. So they set out and went from village to village proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. And we're just going to jump to verse 10. When the apostles returned, they reported to Jesus what they had done. Then he took them with him and they withdrew by themselves to a town called Bethsaida. But the crowds learned about it and followed him. He welcomed them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who needed healing. Late in the afternoon, the 12 came to him and said, send the crowd away so they can go to the surrounding villages and countryside and find food and lodging because we are in a remote place here. He replied, you give them something to eat. They answered, we only have five loaves of bread and two fish unless we go and, and buy food for all this crowd. About 5,000 men were there. But he said to his, his disciples, make them sit down in groups of about 50. The disciples did so and everyone sat down, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and he broke them. Then he gave them to the disciples to distribute to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The miracle through our hands. In this second story, Jesus takes these five small loaves and, and two fish and he breaks them and he puts them into the hands of the disciples. And, and as they break them and as they distribute them, the whole thing multiplies. And it says that everybody ate and was satisfied and 12 basketfuls were gathered up at the end. We're not told at what point the multiplication took place. Was it as Jesus broke it? Was it as the disciples distributed it? As I read the story, I, I think that it's in the hands of the disciples, but 
you know, either way, God works a miracle through the hands of the disciples and a multitude is fed. I remember hearing a, a story, a testimony many years ago of a missionary organization who were working in the Philippines in Manila and some of the dump sites that are there, people that are, that are trying to make a living off the rubbish dumps. And on Christmas Day, uh, the team had decided they were going to put on a special Christmas dinner for a community of people they'd been working with, about 50 or 60 people. And they, they prepared, they took this trailer in and they prepared this special food. And about 10 times the number turned up. There were five or 600 people there. And I remember this lady talking about her job was to carve this joint of ham. And she'd been carving this ham and they saw the people arrive and they knew they didn't have anything like enough food. And she was halfway through this ham and she was carving and, and carving and carving. And she carved this ham all afternoon until everybody had been served. And only when the last few in the line came into view, the ham went down and ran out. I remember her looking at her hands in this video and going like, I don't know what happened, but the ham didn't run out. God put a miracle through her hands, a miracle of multiplication. And in the big miracles, in the small miracles, he puts his work through the hands of his people. I was so encouraged just this week to hear of a young lady who has been a part of our church community. She's had to move away from Coventry uh, into another city. And she messaged back to her life group, as I understand it, that she was sharing a house with a member of CLM. And that member of CLM invited her along to church. And she connected with God and began a relationship with God. And uh, she got established in her faith and she's moved away. She's recently got baptized and she sent this message to the life group. Thank you guys for everything. I, I learned so much from you all. It has been such a wonderful and full of growth experience. You showed me what it means to truly follow Jesus and what it means to have genuine love for one another. I was amazed by that pure, sorry, I was amazed that pure joy actually does exist in the world. Pure love does exist. I always loved listening to you all and I was trying to take in as much wisdom as possible. You guys changed my life and built a strong foundation for my faith. Sometimes it was difficult to step out of my comfort zone, but I'm so grateful for all of this. It truly has been a major season of my life. I love you all so much. A transformed life through the hands of God's people and her story becomes part of their story, part of their fruitfulness, their kingdom bringing. And I'm so amazed and privileged at what God has done through us as a community over the last few years, collectively, we've seen so many lives impacted. People come to Christ, people baptized. We've seen growth from, from a, a few hundred to well over a thousand gathering on Sundays before lockdown. And, and we've seen in partnership an impact in the city, reaching out into every sphere, uh, helping and serving those that are vulnerable and those that are in need. We've seen this mountain of debt reduced. We've seen miracles through our hands. And this is how God works. And as we come at this time, I feel the Lord is saying, I'm still in the business of putting miracles through your hands. Get ready, get ready, because I am not on pause. I want us to notice some things out of this story in Luke 9. Firstly, he led them from faith to faith. He led them from faith to faith. I began reading the story where they're sent out to the villagers. And Jesus 
gives them and parts to them power and authority and he commissions them to go and preach the gospel, cast out demons, heal the sick. And he specifically tells them, take no bag, no staff, no money, no speckles. What is he doing here? He is leading them into a new level of dependency, into a new level of faith, a new realm of trust in order that he can put miracles through their hands. And they step out and they do it. They see it. They come back and they're rejoicing. But very soon they, they go on retreat and then this massive multitude comes before them and they're faced with another opportunity to help and to bless. But they don't carry a post-mission mindset. They revert to a pre-mission mindset. They've gone out on mission and they've seen God come through to them. But when they're presented with a fresh challenge, they scurry back to the, the apparent safety of a non-faith life. And they say to Jesus, you need to send them away. But he says, no, you need to give them something to eat. I think it's like Jesus is saying, to them, I didn't send you out to get a badge. I didn't send you out to get an experience. I sent you out to show you that I can use you. I sent you out to show you that I want to work through you. You know, when I was a, a boy, I was part of the Cub Scouts and I, I, some of you will have done this and I did different exercises and got certain badges and you put your badge on your, on your jumper and, and I remember getting this map reading badge. I did these exercises and I passed the test and I, I had this badge to say I was a map reader. But I want to tell you, after doing the exercise, I never read another map as a Cub Scout. I'd got the badge, but I wasn't living in that reality. And I think Jesus here, he said, I didn't send you out to get a badge. I sent you out to take you into something new. And it's strange because often when we step out in faith, we see God come through for us. And yet when the next similar challenge comes, we can find it almost as scary as the first time around. We, we so often don't find ourselves rushing to that journey and position of faith. I remember our, four years ago, our first vision offering here that we did. And, and many of you have heard our story. Esther and myself felt the Lord speaking to us about pledging a five-figure amount. And just that being this massive stretch for us and, and how the Lord came through for us and and made it possible for us to fulfill that pledge in that year and blessed us. And it was incredible. He put a miracle through our hands as a family. And, and we were part of a bigger miracle he was doing in the church. And yet when it came around to the second year, like many of you, I wasn't rushing to say, oh God, this has been so exciting. You provided. Let's go again. Let's do more. There was a bit of me going, oh Lord, no, not again. And I think we can sometimes do that. And yet the Lord leads us into faith in order to keep us into faith. He doesn't want us just to experience. He wants us to embody. One of the, the messages in this house is don't settle part way. That story out of Genesis 11, 12, where Terah and his son set out from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to Canaan and they settle part way. And the Bible says that Terah settled in Haran and he died there. But God spoke to Abraham to continue the journey of faith and, and we have to be careful that, that we don't stay in a place or say, well, this is it, we've come this far and, and we don't allow the Lord to lead us on to the next realm of faith, of what God wants to do through us now. That, that yesterday's stories, they're, they're not just part of history, they're part of a live testimony that give us the courage to walk in to what God has today and tomorrow. Secondly, he led them not only from faith to faith, but from the few to the many. He led them from the few to the many. We, we aren't told exactly how many they reach on their mission trips, but we are told that they went from village to village. 
When I was in my 20s, I did two short-term missions trips to Guatemala. And as part of that, we went into the mountains and we reached out into some village, some little villages, some subsistence lifestyle people, typically maybe 100, 200, at the most 300 in a village. And we'd go there and preach the gospel and, and try and help them practically uh, and, and pray for the sick. And people got saved and we'd, we'd go back and establish churches. And it was, it was incredible. And I, I kind of have this picture that as they went from village to village, it was maybe a little bit similar to that. And they were used in the power of the Holy Spirit. And they come back and they've done village to village. They've done the few. But now they're faced with the many. They're faced with this massive multitude. The Bible tells us 5,000 men. Matthew spells it out. 5,000 men besides women and children. The translators put the note in the feeding of the 5,000. It's what it's called. It's what it's known as. But in all probability, it was the feeding of the 15 or 20,000. It was the feeding of 5,000 men plus women and children. But I think Jesus sends them out, not that they just learned the few, but he's preparing them. Before the chapter's out, he's speaking about his own death. He's speaking about the cross. And, uh, and before too long, he's going to say to them, all authority in heaven and earth belongs to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. And he takes them to the few and then he shows them to the many. And it's easy to lose sight of the many. I think it's especially easy during lockdown and during COVID and, and we could look at this and, and we could say, you know, th this, is, this is surely time for survival mode. We should just protect ourselves, get through this. And, but God's heart beats for the multitude. God sees the many. Before lockdown, we, we'd been using the language of believing to see the transformation of the city. And I know that God is still wanting to use us every bit as much today as he was as we turned the year, to see the transformation of the city. Some of us, because of lockdown, we don't even see the multitudes in the way that we used to. But let me tell you, they're there. The people are there. The disciples wanted to get rid of the burden of the people. But Matthew's gospel tells us when Jesus saw the large crowd, he had compassion on them. And it's as though he, he had seen them touch the few, but he wanted them to touch the many. You know, I thank God for our amazing kids work and youth work and student work and our, our work with Synergy, our, our over 60s. And I thank God for what he's done and what he's doing and the hard work of, of trialing different things in this season. And, and we can rejoice. But you know, in our city, there are, in our city alone, there are 72,000 under 16s. There are over 40,000 undergraduate students. There are over 56,000 over 65s just in Coventry. And the Lord sees everyone. He knows every person. His heart beats for the many. And I believe he would call us forward even in this season, even in these next 12 months, and, and lead us to put a miracle through our hands to reach not just the few, but to reach the many. And I don't know what that looks like. But he comes to them. He says, you give them something to eat. I think what he's saying is, would you let me put a miracle through your hands. I want the many to taste my provision, to see my kindness, to know my grace, to experience my glory. And thirdly, he led them from the improbable to the impossible. Forgive me, allow me a little preacher's license here, because of course nothing is impossible for God. But what I'm seeing here is, is they step out in a new dimension of faith and they go to the villages and, 
And you might call it improbable for, for them to go out and lay hands on the sick and God to work through them. It, it was certainly wonderful. It was marvelous. It was new. But obviously to them as they stepped out, I'm, I'm sure they were nervous, but having seen Jesus do it, maybe it, it seemed improbable, but maybe not impossible. But now they're faced with this multitude, thousands of people and one little boy's packed lunch. And to them, it was impossible. The key thing I want us to see here is Jesus is, he's not phased or deterred by the difficulties. And they give him the reasons why they need to discharge the crowd. They explain how little food they've got. They imply a shopping trip isn't practical. In John's uh, account of this, Philip even does the maths for Jesus and said, look, even if we use half a year's wages, like half a full salary, we'd only give people a little taste of something to eat. But Jesus completely disregards all of this. You know what he responds to them with when they say we only have five loaves and two fish? He says, get them into groups of 50. He, he's completely got something else in mind. To them, the packed lunch made it impossible. To Jesus, it made it a goer. God is just looking for a little, looking for something, looking for availability. And I think we could look at, at the vision of the church to bring the kingdom of God into every life and sphere of society. We could look at the dream that with other churches we could partner through a prayer strategy and through mission and through strategic work of God's people to see the genuine transformation of our city. And we could look at it right now and, and we, could, we could say, well, we need to pause that or cancel that or postpone that or adapt that. And yet I sense the Lord would say to us, Get them in groups of 50. And I don't mean strategically, literally that, but it's like he'd say, don't be phased by that. Be available. Would you allow me to put a miracle through your hands, even now? Would you uh, obey me and trust me and bring the little that you have and in the midst of all the complications and know that I'm in the business of reaching people? And for many of us, we need to take our eyes off ourselves and put them onto Jesus to catch his heartbeat. And I don't know how this is all going to work out, but I know that God is in the business of putting a miracle through the hands of his people. He always has been, and he always will be. And I think in this season as a church, we simply need to say, Lord, here we are. Would you take us from faith to faith? Lord, would you lead us into whatever you have for us? And we make ourselves available. We take our eyes off ourselves and we we look to you, we put our eyes on you and we allow you to show us others that you want us to reach. And we don't see how we even can, but we know you're in the business of putting miracles through the hands of your people. So would you put miracles through our hands, even in these days? And I wonder if you can respond with me and maybe where you are, you'd be willing to stand and join me in prayer. Maybe personally, you'd want to make yourself available afresh and say, God, here I am. Take me from faith to faith that we would stand side by side, we would stand with one another, pray with one another, encourage one another, and together we'd see God continue to do a miracle through us. So I pray, Holy Spirit, help us to catch your heart, help us to catch your season. Lord, help us to see others as you see them. And, and we pray, Lord, even in the midst of the circumstances and the restrictions and the difficulty, we ask you, God, just as you have done in the last few years, in what lies ahead, would you put miracles through our hands? Would you let your glory be revealed? And we come and say, God, work through us. Use us. 
We pray, give us resource and creativity, but we don't even try to work it out. We just say, here we are, Lord. You know how this works. Come and use us for your glory, we pray. Amen. Let's worship as the band leaders.